Hey guys, this is Bobby DeMiro, and you are watching Dodgers Wrap 360, breaking down the last week in Dodgers baseball. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome into another episode of Dodgers Wrap 360 here on AfterBuzz TV. That is Jared Gilkerson. I am Bobby DeMuro. We're breaking down the last seven days in Dodgers baseball. Last seven only counted for three games. Of course, had the All-Star break earlier this week. And then the big series in Washington against the Nationals. Dodgers took two out of three with the win uh, earlier this afternoon in that Nationals series. First, though, Jared and I are going to talk a little bit about the All-Star game. We've got a couple treats for you guys today. Uh, a couple quick hit topics. I think we're going to get a good debate out of this one. And because we are kind of at the All-Star break now, only had three games this week, we are going to talk a lot about the first half, break down the first half, have a little debate about that. So if you want to get involved, you can comment on the YouTube channel on the video right now hit comment below uh what you're watching if you're on the podcast you can subscribe on itunes you can tweet us jared what's your twitter at gilkerson radio there you go at gilkerson radio i am at bobby demiro you guys can tweet us right now we've of course got our phones if you want to talk dodgers baseball live or you know during the week if you watch this on monday tuesday whatever all right let's jump into this jared all-star break all-star game first things first before the game the home run derby jock peterson makes it to the finals didn't win the hometown hero won i'm okay with that um, do what do you think first off of the home run derby format? Did you like it? Love it. Like I had lost interest, and so I didn't. Uh, I had to. I went back. You know, I recorded it because they announced later that yeah. they're gonna do a whole timed format, and it's uh, what was it five minutes per batter and down to four. The rain messed it up. Yeah, changed the format. Yes. And so they, yeah. So every, and I liked it crunching it down to four because. Yeah. The players not only they can't just get into a groove. They have to tell their pitcher, okay, quick, 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 because all the guys are going to hit anywhere from you know eleven to sixteen, and you just have to make sure you get those last few in. And it was great because Jacques just got you know better as you know went to the finals, and it was so much more exciting. The crowd was into it. I mean, not to mention because it, you know Frazier obviously yeah. was was in the finals, <laughs> but I've never seen a crowd that into the Derby because it was a countdown clock. I mean, it was that's what it was. In every round, it seemed like it came down to one or two home runs, with with the exception of. Chris Berman on ESPN. Uh. Please get rid of him. <laughs> Everything else about that derby was fun. Um, these guys, people don't realize, when you take batting practice, you take eight, ten swings around. So these guys getting four, five minutes around is eternity. So to see them, to see Jock get hot, to see Todd Frazier do what he did, it's a testament not only to, hey, they're big leaguers, they can hit home runs, it's a testament to the strength and stamina it takes to do this. Because I guarantee you, folks at home who are in good shape, who go to the gym every day, who work out, who maybe played a little baseball in the past, Step in for four minutes. It's it's it feels like two hours. It's brutal. Like you <laughs> go to the batting terrible. cages for and it, it rotates for about you know two minutes. Yeah, and you're just winded. You're done. And these yeah. guys are hitting bombs, bombs. But it was great to see Jacques go up against like Machado, like so a couple of young guys, and it was thirteen to twelve. And then he goes up against the, the old man Pujols, and it's <laughs> twelve to eleven. Like so every time a certain round came down to it, came he won or lost every round by one home run. That's exciting. That's that's good TV. I'm back in with the Derby. Now, 
two questions. I'm not the first one's not really a question, maybe a comment. Uh, I hope the NBA watched this for their All Star Game festivities and looks at the dunk contest and sees something to change the dunk contest because baseball did it at the Home Run Derby. It worked, and the NBA is going to need to do it at the dunk contest. Not for nothing. I know that doesn't have anything to do with this, but just a thought I had while I was watching, and I assume other people did too. That's a great point. Because I, I, I still think the best All-Star weekend as a whole for competitions between individual players is still the NBA All-Star. Yeah. I, I, we have a big party every year. We have people come over. We all draft certain players. It's a lot of fun. I don't know why football got away from it. They used to have that summer thing, uh, you know, like the QB competition. I remember the old school Super Nintendo game. They had like the QB <laughs> club. And you, they had to hit targets, moving targets, and distance throwing. You'd have like Warren Moon versus, you know, uh, Randall Cunningham and or Dan Marino. And it was it, that was so much fun. And these guys are just hanging out in the summer. They're just chucking balls. So every sport should really do kind of a gimmick thing like this. I don't know why baseball doesn't extend it more to, you know, outfielder accuracy, like hitting targets. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I do too. I think, you know, hockey does a skills challenge yep. too and the slap shot and all that stuff. That's yeah. not a bad idea. Um, second question on the Derby. Tougher to talk about, but let's be honest. Does it ruin Jock in the second half of the season? Because guys turn the Derby down. They don't want to do the Derby and get out of their swing. They don't want to get out of their rhythm. Does it hurt Jock in the second half? I think it helps him. He was already slumping. So how much worse can the kid get? He's already striking out, as we see later on in the All-Star game. He <laughs> does even more yeah. of that. But I think it helps him because that creates stars. I mean, there were guys back in the 90s who came out of nowhere and made a name for themselves. I mean, not that Griffey had to or Frank Thomas, but it just elevated them. And I think Jacques being so young, a lot of people on the East Coast don't know who this kid is. So I think it for him personally, it elevates his star power. And he's got nowhere to go but up. I mean, he's batting 230. I don't think it hurts his swing. What do you think? Uh, I agree with you, but I'm hoping that with here's the thing: somebody who strikes out that much. I know he looks at a lot of pitches, and we talked about it. When you see that many pitches and walk as much as he does, you'll strike out too, especially as a rookie, especially when you've shown you're going to strike out anyways. Yeah. But with a guy who strikes out that much and has a couple of holes in his swing, I worry that they don't get exploited by somebody who says, "Oh, this is the lift I can get on the ball. I'm going to try to hit 35 home runs." We'll debate that later. I'm going to try to hit 35 or 40 home runs. Let me try to do this. Let me get away from what I'm supposed to do for the team. If I lead off or hit second or wherever I am, I worry about it, especially when you're young, especially in the second half. Pitchers have a lot of video on this guy now, so they're going to exploit a hole that's already been there, coupled with maybe his swing gets a little out of line. And then, you know, a week of that, just a week coming back with a swing out of line can snowball into a big problem in a month or two because you're a rookie and you just don't know any better. So you think it hurts him? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Sure. Maybe being unnecessarily hard. Yeah. But I think there's definitely a legitimate concern there. And there is a reason why guys turn this down. There's a reason Nolan Arenado turned this down. You know, yeah. you don't want to get out of your focal point. Sure. You're not trying to hit a home run. I'm sorry, unless you were a bash brother in the you know, late 90s, early 90s, you're not trying to hit a home run. You're trying to hit a line drive. You might be trying to get a little lift. A home run's a happy accident. Well, you wouldn't so, know by looking at the Dodgers stat line this year. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, second question with the All-Star break, the All-Star game. Dodgers in the game go combined. Uh, the three hitters, Grandal, Peterson, Gonzalez, go 0 for 4, three strikeouts. Granke and Kershaw, three innings, three runs. Kershaw takes the loss. Do we care? Well, that Kershaw ERA in just that one game, 18. <laughs> is, um, is this an opportunity for Kershaw haters to say, here we go, big game, national audience, he messes it up again? No, I don't I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, and then, actually, watching it, Grinky looked a lot angrier than Kershaw. I love that. Grinky went in there and gave that gave out the home run to Trout. He was so angry on the mound. I love <laughs> seeing that. He was furious. And then he went out there and burned him the rest of the way. Yeah. 
But they really didn't. The thing that worries me is not so much the the big game because I mean Kershaw coming in out of the bullpen that's not a natural place. When's he going to throw the yeah. fourth inning in a yeah. playoff game? Yeah. So even like the warm up time was weird. Some of those guys got rocked that usually don't. But I I, I think it it's it's concerning that they didn't help the National League. I mean because I don't want to see the Dodgers if they do make the World Series. I don't want to see them play. You know, four games in New York or four games in Kansas City. I don't want to see that with the with the bad weather and everything that you get from that. So yeah. they didn't help their case. They didn't get a hit, and then they gave up four of the well, no, three of the six runs against the American League. So they didn't help their case. But I don't think it has an overall uh, shadow over what Kershaw is going to do in the postseason. I mean, it's, it, I don't think I think. He just has to reset and go into this year. And that National League club as a whole, the lineup got six hits. So yeah. the fact that the Dodgers got zero doesn't say a lot because no. really nobody did anything. Um, I kind of agree with you on that. The All-Star game is a fun thing. It should be a fun thing. These guys take it seriously enough on their own. I'm just mad now, and you make a good point, and we'll see how it plays out. But a lot of the good teams in the AL especially are in cold-weather cities. Yeah. Good teams in the NL, there's some cold-weather cities, but St. Louis is good. LA is good. Those are going to be relatively good weather, you would think, in October. <laughs> St. Louis can get nasty. It can, but you're talking about in the AL, you're talking about surprising teams. Kansas City is similar to St. Louis, but you're talking about teams in the Northeast yeah. that are good, Bad. that are legitimate World Series contenders. That's going to be an issue come World Series time. And you're going to play four games in 30-degree weather at yeah. the end of October. Good luck. I don't like it either with because you're looking at all the teams, the rest of the teams after St. Louis. you got Pittsburgh. That's nasty weather. you yeah. got Chicago or possibly New York. This is all bad. And maybe we'll talk about it later, but I just don't like how their division is so stacked with warm weather. I think that really hurts them, you know, when they get to the postseason. How the NL West is. Yeah. What, what would be your What would be your solution to that? No solution. It's just it just stinks that that's. I mean, that's just the way it is. Most of their games are played in the warm weather. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Players seem to hit. I mean, if you're good, you're good in the warm weather in the cold weather. I mean, that'll show. But I just don't like it when they're so rely, they're so like they're just relying on starting pitching, and pitchers can get cold, and you know, in the usually pitchers get rocked more in the playoffs. That's what I that's what I see, especially recently for the Dodgers. So I just don't like them going into a game stiff. I mean, they're great right now in L.A. and in the warm weather in Washington, as we'll talk about, but. That actually worries me more than I think it maybe should. No, it, I think it's a fair point. It's obviously a little off topic of the All Star game, but my initial thought on this, and we'll talk about yeah. this in September and October a lot. My thought on this is shorten the season. People have talked about it a lot. Play 148, get done two weeks sooner. I don't want to see the World Series November 1st. I just don't. I'm sorry. I love baseball. I know it's fun to watch it that late. I don't want to play baseball on November 1. I want to play at the end at about October 10. Just kill it in October 10. Be done with it. You're already coming back at the very start of February. It's too long. Every one of these seasons is too long. Basketball needs to shorten their season. Football keeps talking about expanding, which is insanity. And I think baseball needs to cut down to whatever the magic number is, 148, 150. Take two weeks off the schedule, and that'll solve at least some of those cold weather problems. I don't think you can do it, though. It's it's such a numbers league compared to all the other leagues. No, they're they're not. And no one's cutting games. That's millions of dollars of revenue. Well... I, agree I mean, it's a great you, idea, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. And they're not going to start earlier, so no. yeah, I'm with you. Um, that was a little off topic. The All Star. That's, That's all right. Okay. Uh, okay, not too much more at the All Star game. Pretty much as All Star games go, just another year, just another game. Hey, whatever. Can we sign Jacob Degrom? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, it, maybe that's a starting pitcher you go get 
you know, at the, the picture you go get. Oh my God, in the next these 10 kids. Days. I had to make a little star by his name. <laughs> I, I wanted to see him pitch another inning. It was so much yeah. fun. I think they should have. Yeah. I think there's a little bit too much overmanaging in the All Star game to get everyone in. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you want to get everybody in. You want to get your guys in, yeah. right? A lot of the Dodgers came in as subs and they came in for one at bat. And so it's unfortunate to see, oh, he only gets one chance. Yeah. You go for one and one chance. There you go. Yeah. Um, but hey, such is the nature of the game. Yeah. Um, Good game, though, overall. Yeah. Yeah, I think as All-Star games go, not terrible. Uh, let's talk about this National Series now. Dodgers go 2-1 and one in the series. They won today. They won Clayton Kershaw's game on Saturday. And then they had a, uh, a power outage delay. They lost a power outage game on Friday slash Saturday. Uh, any controversy there? That was a little bizarre. I, I think it's too, I think there's too much um, there's too much safety talk. You heard, I forget what pitcher it was. I believe it was for the Nationals afterwards. He said, you know, there's... The lights, he goes, you could tell it was a little darker. He goes, but it was it was no issue. And I th- I know that every bank of lights has to be on. But, man, I mean, just get the – I know technically you can't play it, but come on. I mean, what were the lights like 50 – like when they first put lights in? <laughs> I mean, you, these guys can play under, you know, a few banks. Just go. I mean, they played in crappy ballparks in AAA. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, so I think it's – they should have played. Um, but there's no excuse when you go out Saturday. You got to continue. It really screws with your pitching. Yeah. Um, it almost helps with your hitting because we see Adrian Gonzalez almost treated it like a different game. Like, okay, I'll homer this one, homer this next day, but it was two in the same game. But pitching just screws up everything. Bolsinger was having a good outing. He has to leave. But it does both for each team. So each team has to play under the same rules. But it was kind of ridiculous. They started it, started it again. It's just a weird thing. I don't think it'll ever happen again, right? It's one yeah. of those things that happens to every team like every decade or something. And it's just, you're right. I mean, every team has to deal with it. You, the Nationals and the Dodgers equally have to deal with it. So, hey, lost it. Sorry. Yeah. Now, the other two games, Kershaw and Granke combined for 16 scoreless innings Saturday and Sunday. We'll talk about Granke in a second. Let's focus on Kershaw first. Um, dominant, again, on the road against a playoff team, he won kind of a playoff game. Yeah, I can't go as far to say that it, you know, it was just like a playoff atmosphere, uh, but it's about as close as you can get. I mean, 14 Ks. This guy, I mean, he's racking up the Ks again. The ERA, you know, it looks bad when you're sitting next to Grinky, but yeah. it's really not. I mean, he's having a great year again. Um, it's just this concerns me a little bit. We'll get to it more, but it's a four to two win. And he goes eight innings, but going into that that last inning, they're up four to nothing, and then the bullpen gives up a two run home run to Harper, and not just the bullpen, Kenley Jansen, your best reliever. Yeah, yeah. Jansen gives up the two run home run. It's a little concerning that they're they're that they're banking so hard on these two guys right now, but hey, they went to Washington, they won four to two. I don't care how they got it done. Yeah. So right now, it looks great. Maybe in the future, when September, we'll have a conversation about maybe how tired their arms are. Right now, I don't care. They're getting wins. Uh, look, I think Greinke and Kershaw are peaking both at the right time right now with three months to go, with you know 75 games to go, because baseball's ebb and flow like life. They're peaking right now. In about a month, mark my words, three, four, five starts from now, they're going to hit the, you know, hit the skids again. For them, give up two, three, four runs and a couple straight yeah. outings. Hit the skids a little bit in middle, late August, and then come middle of September, they'll get on the horse again and peak again. You go up and down and up and down all year. They're not going to throw shutouts the rest of the year. Granky is not going to throw a hundred straight scoreless innings. Maybe I, I will be shocked. <laughs> 
Um, but I mean, that's the thing. They're peaking now. You can let them in the dog days of August. They're going to ebb just a little bit. I'm gar- I guarantee it. I'm, I'm going to predict it right now. All right. And then come September, they're going to get hot at the right time again. I really like Kershaw and Greinke's wins because they're against Doug Fister and Max Scherzer. Those are two guys the Nationals are riding to the playoffs themselves. Those are as good as it gets for Washington. And if you can beat those two guys on back-to-back days on the road, you did something really good. Yeah, like we were talking about the last few weeks is how they're really lackluster against the other great teams in the National League, Cardinals, Giants, Nationals, Pirates, Cubs, Mets. Now they're 10-19 and 19 against those teams. But, I mean, that's all you can do. You, were, you had a horrible 8-18 and 18 start against those teams. Okay, you're going to have a lot more road games this time around, and you're going to play the Nationals finally. You're going to play the Pirates. So they started off really well. Uh, I didn't want to see them go into the, you know, drop a series in Washington. This is a great sign and to keep the lead against the Giants. I think it was up to four games after today, and the Giants, I think, are in the middle of a game right now. I'll get the score update in a second. But And look, you're going to get four against the Mets, right? You're going to Shea Stadium next weekend. You're going to get four more there. You're not going to win all four. I'll be shocked if they do. You can't. It's tough to win four games on the road. But if you split that, you take three out of four, you bite into that formerly 8-18 eight and 18 record against good clubs, and you start beating good teams again. Um, they got a big road trip coming up. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute as well. Uh, any notes at the plate in Washington? They didn't hit real well, left a lot of guys on base. They left seven on base Friday night. They left 12 on base Saturday, left another 13 on base Sunday. That will burn them. So what's the bigger issue now? I know we're going to get into trades later, but what's the bigger issue now, hitting or pitching? I think it's always pitching. Okay. I think it's always pitching. Teams win with pitching and defense. Dodgers play pretty good defense. Uh, look, they're going to need pitching. Who here's my question with hitting, and we'll get into trades later, but maybe we'll just jump into it now. If you're gonna trade for a hitter, who do you go get and where do you put him? Because a lot of these positions, first base, second base, third base, left, center, right, catcher, you've already got guys. At shortstop, I'm sorry, I know Jimmy Rollins is struggling. I don't see them moving a guy that well liked with that much of a veteran presence and aura and that much of a leadership aspect on this old school team managed by a guy like Don Mattingly. They're not going to trade him. They're not going to demote him. They're not going to bench him. They're not going to release him. He's going to be with this team. He may go to a slightly different role, but he's going to play shortstop on this team. You're not going to go get a Troy Tulowitzki and say, okay, Jimmy, you've been benched. Sorry, pal. Your your, your glory days, your last couple years in the majors, sorry, buddy. That's It's just not going to happen. They got They finally moved him out of that leadoff role Yeah. because they let off with Jacques today, and they put, uh, they put Howard Kendrick second, and I'm still... I'm with you. Pitching is still the ultimate like issue to address for the trade deadline. I think they have to make some kind of move, bullpen, starter, because that fifth starter spot is just you know a disaster right now with Beachy going up tomorrow. Um, but I think with hitting, this team has plenty of firepower. I mean, they lead, lead the National League in home runs. Yeah. They've got enough pop to get it done. It's just a matter of managing them and putting them in the right order. I think Howie should be leading off the game. The guy's got a 340 on-base percentage. Um, Jacques right now with all the K's, I just don't see him in that leadoff spot. I'm not sure why he's there. I, I will say this. He gets on base so much because he walks. I like that. I know, look, when you're in the leadoff spot, you want to put the ball in play. You don't want to make your outs on strikeouts. But he gets on base a That's lot. That's true. It's 365. It is yeah. better than Kendrick. I just want contact. <laughs> uh, I want contact, too. The Dodgers, the leadoff spot for the Dodgers this year, uh, slashing 213 with a 325 on base and a 426 slugging percentage, a lot of that's Jimmy Rollins. That's ugly. Yeah. Leadoff spot also only 51 walks to 105 strikeouts. Yeah. That's by far the worst spot in the lineup. That's even worse than their eighth spot. 
Um, not good enough. You need a leadoff guy. I think Howie Kendrick would be a pretty good one, too. I don't know who else you put there. Justin Turner, Puig. Who else could you put there? Well, they've had a rotation. They've yeah. had about five or six guys that have let off this year. But they have enough to get it done. So they've shown that they can score runs. They can score runs well. I mean, I think they're still in the top four in the National mm -hmm. League. But they are kind of living and dying by the home run, like we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. Gonzalez going deep a couple more times. Peter, so they're both in the 20s now in home runs. It's nice and all. But you got to get on base. You got to hit the contact and leaving too many men on base, like you were saying. That's way too many stranded runners against a really good Nationals team. The next time you play them, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You can't go by with that. And the weird thing is, the Dodgers are actually first in the National League in on base percentage. I know it doesn't feel like it, and mm -hmm. it's almost in spite of the leadoff position, where their leadoff at 325 on base percentage in the leadoff spot is less than their team on base percentage at 330. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> that shouldn't it, yeah. happen like that. <laughs> it, 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 there's like a few backward stats like that. Yeah. I mean, baseball is full of them. You can find anything you need. Yeah. It, the main number that's concerning is the four runs per game against the Nationals. Yeah. That's just that's not enough. It's, it's not. It's not a margin of error. It's not no. a big margin of error. But again, you walk away. You look at the bigger picture. And you say two out of three. You got to be really happy. I you know. go to Atlanta next. You maybe take two out of three there. Atlanta's struggling a little bit. Okay, four out of your first six on the road. Going to New York, you're in a great spot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm a little pessimistic when we get on the show because we have so many numbers <laughs> in front of us. Two of three in, in Washington. That's great. All right, we are going to uh, drop a couple questions. I believe 13, 14 questions in kind of a sh quick debate style. Yeah, yeah. You guys can play along at home if you want to answer or debate with us. Hit the comments there on the YouTube section. You can tweet us again at Gilkerson Radio, at Bobby DeMuro. Uh, bunch of questions, kind of rapid fire here to go over the first half, go over the draft, some other things, stuff that we you know haven't hit because the show is brand new in our second week, obviously. So, Jared. Zach Greinke, when is he going to get some run support? I don't think he's ever going to get it. I don't want him to get it now because it'll be a jinx. So Are you I'm, saying like the next game he's going to win like 10 to 8 in just a slop fest, give up six runs and get a win? <laughs> I, don't, I just don't I, – I almost think he – and it sounds weird, but I think he almost pitches better when they're just up one to nothing or yeah. two to nothing and that pressure's on. I mean, he has not succumbed to the pressure this year. So I, he hasn't gotten it all season. We're more than halfway done with the season. I don't think he's going to get the run support, and I don't mind it because he doesn't need it. Do you corollary to that question, and the Dodgers were going to do it, and they turned out not to, would you split up Kershawn Greinke in the rotation? Because back-to-back -back right now, you're almost guaranteed two wins, or you're guaranteed to be in you know, a one-to-one -one game late, two-to-two -two game late, the worst case. Do you split them up and put Bolsinger or Beachy or somebody in between them to give the bullpen a little bit more time to rest instead of having three starters that are iffy besides Greinke? That's Kershaw. a really good point. I never even thought about putting Kershaw back. They talked about doing it. They were going to start Kershaw on Friday. It didn't end up happening. I, I, that, that just means you're going to push someone back, and they might have one less start for the season, which could be huge yeah. for the division. Keep it the same. That's a good point. Keep Grinky one, Kershaw two, or whatever it is now. I'm just saying Grinky one because he's the number one guy right now. <laughs> Keep it because you might get bumped, and then at the end of the year, it's you know you're up for the division against the Giants, and now Kershaw's on you know short days rest. So I'd say keep it the same day. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, we kind of touched about this a little bit, but did the Dodgers just win two playoff games, no. or as much of a playoff game as you can have in the middle of July? Well, now you just twisted it. <laughs> uh, no. No. Um, really? No, I don't think so. It's the first time they've played the Nationals. Uh, they're going to get more familiar with each other. There's going to be more tape on both teams. I say it's a really good quality win, 
but there's you know 60 games left in the year, 61 I think to be exact. So I don't think it was a playoff caliber win. We'll wait and see. I will disagree with you 100%. All right. They all count the same. You can beat the Rockies 15 times and lose the net. You know, they count the same. But I think you look at a couple different series this year. That's Cardinal series that was a disaster. That was a playoff series very early. Turned out bad. A couple of these Giants series have been bad. Those are playoff Terrible. previews. This is one of the first good playoff previews for them. And I know all 162 are equal, but I think when you get on the plane right now, if you're one of the Dodgers getting on the plane going to Atlanta right now, it's a little bit different. You know, you're trying not to make it different. You try to do the same thing you've been doing because you got to take Atlanta just as seriously. But I think it's a little bit different. And I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow in Atlanta you see a little bit of a letdown. Not just because Brandon Beachy's throwing or whoever. No, because. That may be part of it. (laughs) He was a former Brave, though, so it's going to be a nice homecoming for him. Not just because he's throwing, but I think you might see a little bit of a letdown off of two real, you know, as emotional wins as you can get in the middle of July coming off the All-Star break. Plus with everything that happened in that series, just there's a lot of drama. Yeah. A uh, couple draft questions for you guys at home and Jared for you. Dodgers had two first round draft picks. The first one, Walker Bueller, pitcher from Vanderbilt. They signed him very, very near the deadline. He needs Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out for over a year. Big deal? I don't think so. You're seeing more and more pitchers getting Tommy John surgery really young, and it's it's almost a preventative. You know, it's not the last resort anymore. Um, it's and it's been happening more and more over the years. So I don't think it's a big deal. And then I, Funkhauser. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I agree with you about Walker Bueller. I think the only problem with him getting Tommy John surgery, if it were a high school kid, A, you might say, wait a minute, why does he need it at 18? Yeah. But B, a high school kid is going to take four or five years in the minors anyways. A college guy out of a major college program at Vanderbilt, that's a guy like a David Price. He's not quite that good, or maybe he isn't. But that's a guy like David Price. You say, wait a second, he could be in the big leagues in a year. Yeah. You know, so getting Tommy John now, that delays what would have been a very, very short clock. Uh, second one, Kyle Funkhauser, Louisville right-handed pitcher. Dodgers did not sign him. He is going back to school. He was their comp pick at the end of the first round. Is that a big deal? Um, I want to talk a little bit about the rules, too, because yeah. you so you can go right back into school, which is, I think, pretty cool. So I he's mean, a junior. So basically in baseball, you can go yeah. after your third year. It's like football. It's like college football. You can go after your third year of college enrollment. So he was a junior. He's going to go back to Louisville for his senior year. Now, the problem with him, almost no matter how good of a senior year he has, he will not be a first-round draft pick next year because he doesn't have any leverage. There's no school to go back to after next year. Uh, Food for thought on him, his agent, Scott Boris. Well, he knows what he's doing. Dodgers offered him over slot. Dodgers offered him $2 million. The slot was like 1.75, and he still didn't take it. Well, I was reading that the 37th pick for the Astros got $4 million. Yeah. And it's all... it's. It's not like the NFL draft where the the second pick is going to get definitely more than the seventh pick. It doesn't work that way in baseball. It's all based on need. Yeah. Uh, but it is a little when you see a guy that gets picked after you making two or three million dollars more, it might be tempting just to go back and play again in college. You know, maybe he could boost his numbers. Maybe he doesn't need the leverage. Maybe he thinks he can go back and put up even bigger numbers and then maybe get drafted a little higher. Man, the risk as a pitcher, I the know. risk. What no, happens I if wouldn't. He, listen, I, I, Walker Bueller's Tommy John is one thing. He was a junior too, so what? Same leverage applies. But Funkhauser, if he gets Tommy John, God forbid he messes up his shoulder in March of next year. You know, the risk, man. It's just it's too much. And I worry these guys. I know you want to make as much money as you can. I know the Dodgers offered him over slot. Dodgers are going to get a comp pick next year. I believe they're going to get pick number thirty-six because they didn't sign him. So they're going to get a similar pick next yeah. year in return. But man, I, I maybe this is what makes good athletes because you take crazy risks and sometimes it pay off. 
I would have signed. I would have, well, yeah. Two million in the hand is better than who knows what in the bush. Or whatever the hell the <laughs> I, phrase I, is. I just <laughs> hope, I hope they, I hope they sign him because I just want to see, you know, I want to see Funkhauser, that, the great name on the back of that jersey. It always reminds me of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, but Marty Funkhauser. So I just want to see that on the back of a jersey. I'm not sure that's a good thing. It's a great thing. Um, <laughs> Dodgers are uh, spending a ton of money on international prospects. $22.5 million on international guys during the signing period earlier this month. couple notes on that. They're going to have to pay a $21 million tax on that in addition to the $22.5 they spent. And they won't be able to sign anyone for more than $300,000 over the next two international signing periods. I think they're going for broke and they don't give a damn. Yeah, because when I looked more into the rules with signing you know, internationally... It, they're not going to have any money to yeah. to do it. So what's that going to mean for 2016 through 2018? They're, I mean, they're not going to really sign anyone of any significance. But they want to win within the next, you know, year or two, because then you're talking about Grinky getting into his mid 30s and all these players getting older. Gonzalez is getting older, so they have a good old and young talent. But they're really going for broke, like you said. And why not? I mean, they have the money to spend. They're going to do it. And they, the window is getting you know shorter, you know, yeah. whatever, narrower. So go for it. And remember, these guys are all 16-year-old kids from the Dominican, yeah. you know, from places like that. So the Dodgers are doing two things that, that most teams can't do because they can't spend the money and have the signing thing. They're taking a win-now approach because they're obviously going to win now. They have a legitimate shot at the World Series as anybody winning their division right now. Um, and then they're taking a, hey, let's win in 2020 approach when these 16-year-olds develop. And so what you've got here, and this may happen in the next year or two, is the Dodgers are going to have Clayton Kershaw, Zach Granke, a bunch of other, you know, Adrian Gonzalez, Howie Kendrick, guys that are going to come up on contracts in the next few years, and the Dodgers are going to have to decide, do we trade them on an expiring contract? Do we re-sign a guy who's getting older? What's the transition? Well, wait a second. We've got all these two, three years from now, 19, 20-year-old kids that we signed back in 2015 who are either A, knocking on the door, or B, some really, really interesting trade candidates if we want to go get some more veterans. That's so, a great point. Or if you want to go completely young, yeah. you don't re-sign Gonzalez, you don't re-sign Kendrick, and these guys are you know, getting, re- I mean, by 2020, wow, I mean, those guys will be maybe yeah. gone. So you want to, that could be a good starting over point. So that's a good point. Yeah, and, and you're basically doing what the Padres couldn't. The Padres made all these trades to load up the big league club. It didn't work. The Padres farm system has been decimated. And I think the Dodgers are looking at and saying, you know what, we have the big league club. We have a staple of guys in AAA, and we've got a few coming. Corey Seager, Julio Urias are coming. You know, we've got some exciting prospects. But why don't we load up? And then two years from now, of the, you know, 8, 9, 10 major guys we sign, including Damaso Marte Jr., um, of the eight, nine, ten big ones we sign, maybe two or the three of them pan out, become top prospects, and all of a sudden we've got either really good trade pieces or some exciting future thing. Yeah. It's, you can't have too many pitchers. You can't have too many prospects. Fine with that. <laughs> um, seven. Magic Johnson's buying all them, right? That's his. <laughs> that's his input. I, I wonder <laughs> if he calls all them. You know, the draft picks talked a lot about Magic Johnson calling them oh, really? on the day of the draft. I wonder if he calls the international prospects. And I assume it means something. I assume those guys still they know the Lakers, right? Yeah. yeah I'm sure they follow that sort of stuff. That'd be kind of cool. I I want to get a call from Magic Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get him on the po- let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. He'll do this like that. Yeah. Magic, come on. on. <laughs> um, he will sit right over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, question number eight, or question number seven, excuse me. Seven days from now, end of the East Coast road trip. Three in Atlanta, four more in New York. Seven days from now, predict the future. What will we know about the Los Angeles Dodgers? I think we're going to know that our three through five rotation is a little weak. 
Um, you're only going to get one Kershaw start, one Grinky start. I think best case scenario, they come out of here four and three. Uh, the hitting's got to improve, but going into seven games and you're only getting one Kershaw and Grinky start, uh, this, this you know, Beachy and Anderson and Bolsinger. I know Anderson and Bolsinger have been okay, but it worries me a bit that you know I don't think this is going to be a great stretch run for them. I, yeah. I kind of agree with you. Um, Atlanta's weird. Atlanta's kind of an enigma. They weren't playing terribly. Then at the All-Star break, they go into Colorado, lose four games to the Rockies, who were just absolutely rudderless before that series. Atlanta's a little bizarre, and New York's a little bizarre. The Mets had been really strong for a long time. They don't hit at all. They pitch pretty well. Bartolo Colon, up until his last start this weekend, was like, I, I can't even believe how he's still throwing the ball. But... They've started to slide, too. Then they come into L.A., what, two weeks ago? And take two out of three. So both those teams are a little bit of an enigma. L.A. caught Mets at a weird time last time. But, yeah, this is going to be a weird week for them. Um, What's the record for heaviest pitcher to win a game? He's got to be up there, right? It's got to be Bartolo. He's got to be. Well, the other question is... David Wells, maybe? I was thinking of guys like C.C. Sabathia because he's so tall. Oh, yeah. You know? What would you do per per inch? (laughs) You know, <laughs> just pounds divided by yeah. inches, whatever that. Number I want to. I'm going to go look it up. I'm going to go study tonight. Well, see, the question too is the weight that Bartolo is listed at. I don't know what What's it is li- off the top of my oh, head, I'll look. but whatever it is, I have a feeling it's not um, his true weight. Let's just say that. I'll look that up. What but is I'm, he? We should have a. We should have people guess. <laughs> I, I I know he's under six foot, right? So I'm, no, I, I think he's probably six. Okay, six let's one. go yeah. six foot, and we'll look it up here in a minute. But I'm going to go with he's got to. I bet they list him at under 300 pounds. I bet they list him at like 290. I bet they list him at like 260. Oh, really? Yeah, I, oh, bet, okay. I bet they list him way down there. Yeah, I'm real skeptical of Bartolo. But hey, credit Bartolo where credit is due. He's still throwing the ball real well. He's got like <laughs> basically a bionic arm that he got from like South America at this point with all his like treatments. That kind of got brushed under. It was a big story for one point, and then now no one really brings it up. He's got, like, brand new ligaments, and he's got, like, an 18-year-old Cuban's arm or I think something. Because, I think because Bartolo is the pitcher that America deserves. Yeah. I can't hate the guy. I'm sorry. You can hate a lot of players on a lot of teams, depending on your fan. I can't hate Bartolo. Colon. I love Bartolo. I love him. Just <laughs> he's not hilarious. When we, not when we play him. That's <laughs> no, I, I would cheer for him in a Dodgers-Mets game. Just for the sheer ludicrousness Oh, my of God. It. Come on. The guy's, cheer for him. The guy's 53. He weighs 330 53. pounds. Here we go. I just, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I, I think Bartolo Colon is one of America's true treasures. <laughs> he's what, like John Daly in golf. <laughs> he absolutely is. Um, all right, moving on to our next question. Dodgers made a trade this week. They acquired left-handed pitcher Grant Dayton from the Miami Marlins. Do you like the deal? I like it. We were talking before we went, before we went live, and it didn't really call. I mean, the Marlins, you know the technical terms, but they, the Marlins had to drop him, and the Dodgers didn't have to give up anything to give him, to get him. Yeah. Correct? So, well, the Dodgers had to drop Reed. Both they of those guys have been DFA. They dropped Reed. Yeah. And it, it's not like Reed was this amazing prospect. He's been struggling in the minors this year. So I don't see anything bad with this. I mean, Dayton could be up as the fifth starter soon. Well, Dayton's interesting. He's a reliever full-time. Eh. Um, the thing to me that's interesting about him is 210 minor league games, only six starts, 319 innings. He's only given up 265 hits. He struck out 383. 10.8 Ks per nine in his minor league career. He's 27, never been in the big leagues, was on the Marlins' 40-man roster several different points the last few years. 
frankly, I'm real surprised he didn't get a chance in Miami, considering where this team is. I liked that the Dodgers got him, and you'll remember earlier last week, picked up Preston Gilmet from the Tampa Bay Rays off waivers. Another pitcher no one's ever heard of. Very good AAA numbers, very poor Major League numbers, but they're just building bullpen depth. And so if you have a guy, Chris Hatcher's injured right now, Carlos Frias is injured right now, if he eventually moves back to the bullpen, if you have a guy like Hatcher or Pedro Baez or whoever go down, Gilmet, you know, Grant Dayton, these kind of guys come up real quickly. The Dodgers cycle through a ton of pitchers. God forbid you have a guy like J.P. Howell go down or Kenley Jansen, you need them. But if you have that second-level bullpen guy, Joel Peralta, Juan Nicasio, you're just building depth at this point. It costs you nothing. For as far as the Dodgers and Marlins are concerned, they're two kind of extra parts. Neither one wants the part they have. Let's swap it, see if a new, new guy in a new situation in a new city can do something. What's the harm? It makes me think that they're going to make a serious run at a starter because they're loading up on all these relievers. And they have to make a run on a starter. Um, that is going to be the last question. Looking ahead to the playoffs, does L.A. have enough to win it all, or do they need more? Yeah, I think they do, um, if I could find my notes. Uh, <laughs> the thing, we could bring it back to the cold weather issue. They just proved it in Washington. I know I just said that it wasn't a playoff game, but they just went into Washington one of the better teams in the National League, and took two of three yeah. on the road. And where the Dodgers have been okay on the road this year. But, you, yes, like it, it's going to come down to can, you, can anyone beat St. Louis? When it comes down to a seven-game series in St. Louis, because I think St. Louis is going to get the home field, anyone can win, take four games out of seven on the road. I mean, it's the playoffs. The Cardinals are showing stretch 162 games. They're great. But when it comes down to seven games... Grinky can keep pitching the way he is. Kershaw, I know he has it in the past. It's a brand new season. So I, I do think this team has what it takes to win the World Series. Who would you trade? Who would you add? Let's talk trades a little bit now because that's kind of one of these questions. What piece is missing for you? All right. Well, I think a fifth starter. Uh, or really a third starter. A third starter yeah. when you get to the playoffs. Yeah. I know there's a lot of uh, rumors with Cole Hamels now with the Phillies. Uh, of course, Johnny Cueto's on everyone's list from the Reds. And... We were talking about one of the young prospects, Corey Seager and uh, Julio, what is that, Urias? Urias, yep. Urias. And those two names have been floating around. The Phillies were kind of demanding both of those players, I read, in some of the rumor mills. And now I've heard they've backed off and said, well, if you give us one, we might be willing to give you Hamels. Um, it sounds like they're loading up on a lot of prospects. I think you trade a prospect, if you can, to get someone like Hamels, and then you go into the playoffs with Grinky, Kershaw, and Hamels. And then, and if you have to go to someone like Brett Anderson, I'm fine with that. I absolutely, under no circumstances, would trade Julio Urias. Okay. Dude's not yet 19 years old. He's dominating double A. He just had eye surgery. He's got that weird, he had that tumor in his eye. I don't know how much you know about him. He had a tumor in his eye. He had a droopy eyelid. He's had it all of his life. Had another eye surgery to correct that. He's fine. He's in rehab, actually, with the uh, rookie league Dodgers doing real well. But he was in double A earlier this year, having a great year. He's going to turn 19 in three weeks. When you are 19 and dominating in double A, you're talking about the next Fernando Valenzuela. I, I, I'm just, I'm being serious. Another strikeout guy, another little left-handed pitcher. Absolutely under no circumstances do I trade him. What about Seager? Any, any other prospect, Corey Seager for sure. You know, I think you got to give up a guy like Corey Seager. An interesting trade piece to me, 
Because I know a lot of people talk, well, Yassiel Puig, maybe he's on the trading block. Maybe Jock Peterson would be interesting because he's young and controllable. An interesting one to me is Justin Turner. Would you give up Justin Turner, assuming this is the best he's going to do, this is the best year he's going to have, trade him while he's hot, and guess what? You can bring up a Corey Seager, let him play third base with Alberto Cayaspo. you got a lot of infielders you can use there to, to get through if you give up a Justin Turner in a package to get somebody back like a Johnny Cueto or a second-level guy like a Mike Leake, also from the Reds. You know, maybe that's the Dodgers thing this year, just keep trading third baseman and just it's, turning it over. Listen, it's not a premium position. It's tough to find a shortstop. It's tough to find a center fielder. It's not tough to find a second baseman, third baseman. You can get a lot of infielders to fit that role. So I think when you have one who's doing as well as Justin Turner is, you got to say, can he play 155 games every year? I think the answer is no with Corey Seager coming, unless Seager is a full-time shortstop for them, in which case Rollins is going to be a problem next year, um, assuming they resign him, which I doubt they will. But I think, no, Justin Turner is not an everyday guy long-term. Trade him now. I don't like it. I don't like it because he's got the best on-base percentage for all the Dodgers hitters. I mean, and they're struggling to score runs right now. And I think they need him this year more than you think. I know he's good trade bait. I know he might not put up the numbers again next year. But they can't score runs. He's getting on base more than any other hitter. That makes me a little nervous. Do you trade Jock then? No. Really? No, because it, I, I really think you you could trade someone straight up like like Seeger for someone like Cole Hamels. But I'm still not convinced that you have to make that deal. I just you know, when it comes on the playoffs you have a three or four man rotation, and right now the Dodgers have a pretty decent three or four man rotation. This gotta score runs. So I, I don't even think they have to make a deal. If the trade deadline passes and they don't make a deal, I'm not bummed out. Wow. Because well, the, even though the Giants won again today 2-1 to one against Arizona, then the lead is still just three and a half games. I still think they got this division. They prove they can, get the, they can win games. Uh, not against the Giants so much, but there's only seven games left against the Giants. So they're going to have plenty of wins against teams like Arizona and San Diego. So I don't see a need to make a move. We've talked about they're winning games. Yeah, they are. And they'd be in the playoffs right now. They'd be in the running. So, But if they do make a, a move, I could see Seager for Hamels or something like that. And it sounds like the Phillies might be willing to do that. Interesting. I, I would put Jock on the table. Very young. A lot of controllable years left. Very cheap asset. Effectively, I mean, he's still a prospect. Effectively a prospect in the mind of the Phillies. And I think if you're the Dodgers internally and you say, you know what, he's obviously going to get better. A rookie year does not the story of a player make. But the Dodgers say, you know what, he's always going to strike out. He's always going to struggle with average. He's going to hit a lot of home runs. He's going to walk. He's doing what he's going to do his whole career, and he will get better and worse at various aspects of that. Uh, We know what we have here, and if they can make a determination and say, you know what, we can go elsewhere... Uh, Peterson's a hell of an asset to trade. I know it sounds crazy because he just come up. You know, he's a rookie of the year candidate and all that. I think he's good trade bait. That's a good point. I mean, because you look at him right now and he's only batting 230, but his on-base percentage is pretty decent. I just like him as a Dodgers fan. He's just one of my favorite players, a young guy who can hit bombs, and, you know, he's got speed in the outfield, speed on the base paths. He's really exciting. They're not so, using that speed, though. They've stolen, like, 10 bases. No, I know, year. but that's he's using the speed in the outfield to cover yeah. ground, that's for sure. And he's exciting. He's kind of exciting on both sides. So, as a fan, I, I just don't want to see him go. He's just, he's just a fun, young player. So I just, you know, I don't want to see him go. Get rid of a guy I don't watch a lot of baseball with. Like Kyle Seager, I have no, or Corey Seager, I have no idea, you know, I don't watch a lot of AAA. So I kind of, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I don't really know what we're losing, but I will if Peterson goes. We're losing a great haircut if he goes. <laughs> uh, speaking of Peterson, a couple more questions. You asked this one. It's a good one. Over, under, 33 home runs for Jock this year. I'm going over. 
Uh, wow. I think he hits 35. Wow. Uh, he's on 20 right now. And so that he hit 20 in the first half, a little over more than half. So he, I think he was on pace for 37 or something around there. But now with his slump, it looks like it could be close. But I'm going over. I go 35. I'm going under. The league will figure him out. Uh, over, under, on the year, 93 wins. Under. Under. Uh, I think they still get 90. But 93, that means they got to go 41 and 28. That's really good with a lot of road games. Uh, and a a lot, lot of games against better teams. Yeah, a lot of games yeah. against better teams. Good point. Uh, I think they go 90. I'm with you. I think they win 92, actually. 90, I believe, is going to be good enough to win the NL West. Or, or at least certainly get a wild card, but I think 90 wins the NL West. Uh, over under Giants remaining seven games. Over under four wins versus San Francisco. I'm going to push on this one. Hmm. Uh, I, th- I think they, I think they, they get four. Uh, they have four on the road, three at home. I'm going push. And last question of the day, over under, 59 scoreless innings for Zach Greinke. That is the record. He's at 43 and a third right now. Is he going to break the scoreless inning record? He's not. I think he goes out and puts another five solid innings against the Mets. I think he hits 48 and two-thirds. Oral, <laughs> Oral Hershiser keeps the record. 48 and two-thirds is incredibly specific. Yeah, I think too many weird things happen. He gives up an unearned run here or something weird there. Or Lucas Duda hits a solo home run. You know, something weird is going to happen. I hope he does it, though. Yeah, we'll It'll be see. fun to watch. Um, he's certainly in the zone to do it. Uh, final thoughts, final things, Jared, Twitter, where can people catch you uh, during the week here? You can find me on Twitter talking about the Dodgers at Gilkerson Radio. And I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMuro. Uh, tweet us about the Dodgers. All your thoughts about really all of Major League Baseball. We'll debate the whole thing. We do this pretty much for a living. That's it this week on Dodgers 360, guys. We'll see you next Sunday for more Dodgers talk right here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 